Hey guys, my name is Lisa M. Waring and this is Real Talk, a podcast where I discuss movies and TV more extensively and how art imitates life, imitates art. Our theme for this month is unconventional love stories. So think boy meets girl, but with a twist. My first pick is Lars and the Real Girl about a guy and his doll. Okay, I know what you're thinking, but you're wrong. It's PG-13. There aren't any lewd scenes. It's safe. Plus, Ryan Gosling stars in it. Bonus. And it's available to watch for free on Tubi. Spoilers ahead. Let's get into it. A young man looks out the window to a cold, snowy day. This is Lars. He lives in the outside garage of the house that both he and his brother Gus own. The outside garage works almost like a separate little mini house. Let me just say it's his choice to live in the garage. He prefers it. Gus didn't push him out there. Gus's wife, Karen, comes over and invites Lars to breakfast. She's concerned about him. But Lars turns on her offer because he's got to go to church. Good for the soul. He sits by himself in the back row enjoying the service. Afterwards, he's helping one of the members put some flowers in her car. And she is very invested in his love life. She's curious who he's dating or not dating. You're a good looking fellow, Lars. Where's your girlfriend? I don't have one. Are you gay? No. My grandson's gay. I know all about the gays. I know, but I'm not gay, so. I mean, she means well. <laughs> oh, man. That's a funny line, I'm not gonna lie. Lars is a bit socially awkward and he's kind of a loner. Not in a creepy way. He just goes about his business, living his life, going to work. He works at an office made up of cubicles. And I'm having some vivid flashbacks to when I worked for an insurance company in my early 20s. Uh, we have sort of a problem here. The enclosed windowless maze of box-like spaces crammed together? Not something I miss, no. One of his co-workers and the new girl in town named Margo approaches and greets him warmly. The girl is really into him. It's pretty obvious. Lars seems a bit put off by her. I guess he's just not that into her. Lars returns home and Karen jumps out like a stalker in the night, scaring him and corners him into trying to get him to come to dinner. He's got some rebuttals, but she ends up tackling him to the ground Ugh! until he agrees. She's also pregnant, probably the first trimester. She's fine. She's aggressively concerned, though. Might want to watch that. He comes over, they have a great dinner, and Karen cleans up and goes into the next room. Gus leans in and tells Lars that Karen is concerned. She thinks he has a problem because he's always alone. Way to throw your wife under the bus, dude. <laughs> now, watching these two have a brotherly conversation is a bit awkward. I mean, there's a lot of silence and pauses. Gus talks about their dad being kind of a loner, just like Lars is. Now, Lars comments, yeah, but he never wanted anyone to be around him. Gus tells Lars that their dad wasn't always like that. He only became that way after their mother died. Yeah. 
their mother died giving birth to Lars. So, sad. Lars tells him, don't worry about me. I'm fine. You're fine? I'm fine. Typical male conversation. All surface. Gus reports back to Karen that, hey, Lars is fine. We're all good. Are we? Let's find out. Six weeks later, Lars receives a large box delivered to the house. He comes home and spends a lot of time doing everything else except opening this large box. He does spend some time just looking at it. Lars knocks on Gus's and Karen's door and he is looking bright-eyed and bushy-tailed and he's smiling. This is probably the happiest we've seen him since the film started. He tells them he has a visitor and it's a girl. Gus and Karen are super excited. He tells them that he met her on the internet. She doesn't speak a lot of English and she's in a wheelchair. And he wants her to stay in the house with them while he lives in the garage so there's no shacking up. What a traditional gentleman. Of course they're like, no problem. Yeah, she can stay here. I know they're excited about the prospect of Lars having someone and not being lonely, but let's unpack this. You are welcoming a stranger into your house who you don't know. He didn't say how long he had known this person and they're gonna have access to your personal space like this? No. So Karen and Gus are, they're revved to go. They're like, yes, finally. And then they meet her. She's a doll named Bianca, like a full-sized doll, a sex doll. <laughs> Lars is speaking for her. Now, I don't mean like, you know, Brentulica style. No, he is like leaning in, pretending like she's talking to him. And then he's saying, oh, Bianca says, you have a lovely home, that kind of thing. The look on Gus and Karen's face though, I'm gonna be honest, it's priceless. Karen and Gus excuse themselves and go in the kitchen. Gus is freaking out. My gosh, my little brother is crazy. I mean, I'd be concerned as well. This is quite a jump. It's one thing to you know have a sex doll for your personal use, but to act like they are a real person, it does raise some red flags. So Karen calms Gus down and makes plates for everyone, including Bianca, the doll. Lars is eating off his plate and her plate. And Gus's face? <laughs> I'm sorry. Yo, it's cracking me up, okay? Listen, this, this movie says that it is a comedy, drama, romance. I'm allowed to laugh. It's what they wanted. Lars bids Bianca good night. She gets her own room in the house. And he goes to the garage. Apparently, Bianca's very religious. So, yeah. Gus finds the original box tag and looks up the Real Doll Company website. Midori left a high-paying job in Tokyo because she was unsatisfied as a woman. Tammy dropped out of high school to join the rodeo. Yo, who wrote these backstories? I mean, we know it wasn't a female, but. <laughs> ah! So Karen convinces Lars that, you know, Bianca, you know, has kind of been traveling. Maybe she should see the doctor just to make sure everything is good and that they can all go see the doctor. Lars agrees. Very smart, Karen. Good idea. 
They go see Dr. Dagmar, who is, you know, checking Bianca's blood pressure, treating her like a real patient. Dr. Dagmar says she's a little concerned for Bianca and thinks that she should come in every week for special treatment. Lars agrees. I gotta tell you, they're playing this smart. Dr. Dagmar meets with Gus and Karen in her office. And Gus is like, let's commit him. He has to go to a ward, right? Karen is like, no. Her uncle went to one of those and it was not helpful. I'm on Karen's side. Let's dig a little deeper, see what's going on here. Dr. Dagmar also agrees with Karen. She says that he doesn't seem to be psychotic or schizophrenic in any way or any other illness. She believes that he's having a delusion. She recommends that they go along with his delusion and pretend that Bianca is real. Gus is like, nah, B, not happening. Mm -mm 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 -mm. No. Doc tells him there's a reason why Bianca's here. There's something that Lars is compensating for. And regardless of how Gus feels, she's real to him. I have to say, I'm very impressed with how they're handling this whole situation and how this scene is written and played out. Kudos. Karen tells her group of friends about Bianca, the doll, and Lars' delicate condition. This is a small town, so you already know. News is traveling fast. Dudes at Gus's job are already talking about it and joking about it. But I have to say, the joking isn't cruel. It's not mean-spirited. Do you know what I mean? Wish I had a woman I couldn't talk. <laughs> Karen and Gus go to their church for support. The church agrees to back them up. Bianca is welcomed at church. Kinda. People are gawking. There's a doll sitting in a wheelchair in a church. It's, it's gonna grab some eyes. It's gonna get some attention. It also got Margo's attention. Remember Margo, the girl who has the crush on him, who sings in the choir? Yeah, she's not happy to see his doll girlfriend there. The dude you like would rather date a doll than you. It's kinda be some kind of blow. Karen and Gus are giving Bianca a bath and we have to bathe the doll too? Oh my gosh, where is she going? She's getting dirty, what is she doing? No, you know what, don't tell me what she's doing. I don't need to know. They get wet bathing Bianca and Karen starts laughing, but you know, Gus, he's just not taking this very well. He is, he's, it's, it's hard. Who could blame him? Dr. Dagmar in her craftiness uses the weekly visits with Bianca's health and special treatments to have sessions with Lars. Tricky, tricky, tricky. Lars confides in the doctor that he doesn't like being touched by people because it hurts like a burning. Dr. Dagmar says she can help. With his permission, she touches one finger on his arm. He's all good. She moves to the hand. It's a, it's a little, he's feeling it a little bit, but he can take the pain. Then she puts her hand on his neck and he practically oh. jumps out of his skin. He really does have a problem with human touch. This was strictly clinical. She was definitely just treating him and trying to see what was going on. Lars attends his co-worker's birthday party with Bianca. Margo comes over and greets them pleasantly. She offers to take their coats and she's very welcoming and sweet. 
People are awkward, but cordial. Oh, there we go. Most of them. Marco's having a good time with this guy at the party. And there's a moment where it seems that Lars is a little bothered by this. Hmm. Overall, the people who mattered were warm-hearted and offering support. In another session, Lars and Dr. Dagmar are talking and the subject of Karen's pregnancy comes up. Lars says that both Bianca's mother and his mother died in childbirth. He's worried about the same thing happening to Karen. And that worry turns into an anxiety attack that Dr. Dagmar has to calm him down from. The townspeople start coming more to Lars and asking Bianca to help them with things. Reading to kids at the hospital, being a model at the mall, things like that. They even get her hair done at the salon. I gotta say, it's very heartwarming to see them banding together to support him. Gus opens up to Karen about feeling guilty for leaving Lars behind when he was younger. After their mother died, his father was just never the same and it was just too much to be around. So Gus left as soon as he could. What has being alone with his heartbroken father done to him? Margo's at work talking with her new boyfriend, Eric, and Lars is looking more and more bothered. Oh, sure. When she's all about you, no interest. The minute she moves on, she has your attention. Isn't that how it usually goes? Lars heads home to hang out with Bianca, but Karen and Miss Gruner are getting her ready for an event. She's all dolled up. Uh, he's like, I thought we had plans to play Scrabble tonight. And they were like, no, Bianca's supposed to go to some charity event. Didn't you check the schedule downstairs? Didn't you see she had other things to do? I mean, they didn't say it with quite such veracity and attitude. They were very nice about it. But basically, she's not available tonight, bruh. She got to go. Lars asked them if he could speak with Bianca alone. They leave the room and you hear yelling as him and Bianca get into a fight. They never fight. I don't like his tone. It's hilarious. I mean, the whole thing is freaking cute. I gotta be honest. <laughs> Everyone is treating her like she's <laughs> real. <laughs> and then Mrs. Gruner, I don't like his tone. <laughs> oh my God. So Mrs. Gruner takes Bianca to her event and Lars and Karen actually end up getting into an argument. Lars says that Karen doesn't care about him. Oh boy, buddy. Karen goes off. She lays into him how everybody in town is working to make Bianca feel comfortable and to feel apart. They include her in activities and festivities. They drive her, they bathe her, they put her to bed. All because they all care for him. That's right, girl. Tell him. Lars sees Dr. Dogmar and tells her that he asked Bianca to marry him. But she said no. Hmm. What does that mean? 
then Lars and Bianca start having more fights. And they're not getting along at all. Lars goes to his brother Gus and he asks him, when did he know that he was a man? Gus says, when you do what's right for everyone, not just for yourself. When you own up to your mistakes, you apologize. And you be good to those loved ones around you. And you don't cheat on your partner. Then he apologizes to Lars for leaving him alone with their dad. Lars tells him, it's okay. Mark was at work crying in the break room because she broke up with her boyfriend, Eric. Lars comes in and consoles her. She asks him if he wants to hang out, and he agrees. <gasps> they decide to go bowling. Then some other friends show up and join in. Everyone's having a good time, and Lars is really seeing Margot. Like, really seeing her. Lars and Margot are vibing, and then Lars halts and tells her, I don't want you to get the wrong idea. I'm not going to cheat on Bianca. A man does not cheat on his girlfriend. Killing the whole mood. <laughs> the two of them walk out into the night where it's, it's snowing. Lars takes off his mitten and holds out his hand to Margo. Margo takes it and he gives it a squeeze and then lets go. That's progress. And I don't think he felt any burning. He's back at Dr. Dagmar's office and he's bothered and he's worried because Bianca still says no to marrying him. He doesn't know what that means. The next morning, Lars is screaming the house down, trying to wake Bianca up. He says she's unconscious. He calls 911 and gets an ambulance to take her to the hospital. That's like three to 500 bucks a ride. I hope Bianca has some good health insurance. Dr. Dagmar comes to the hospital and tells Karen and Gus that Bianca's dying. News starts spreading around town. Everyone's looking a bit forlorn. Forlorn. For sad. They all look sad. Karen is worried for what this might mean for Lars's mental state. How could you let this happen? Well, I'm not letting it happen as Lars. It's always been Lars. He's making the decisions. He's the one who found her unconscious. He's the one who said she's dying. People drop off gifts, cards, flowers, and pictures of Bianca doing things. I mean, the support of this town. How can you not love it? Lars requests that Bianca return home with them in her final moments. Karen and Gus take Lars and Bianca to the lake for some air. Karen and Gus decide to go for a walk. Karen's about to pop any day now. She is definitely in her late third trimester. Lars and Bianca stay behind sitting on the blanket looking out at the lake. Lars is crying and he gives Bianca a kiss and takes her to the water. She's officially gone. They have a funeral service for Bianca and Lars asks everyone to wear colors to celebrate her life. You know, I'd like that for my funeral. Yeah, no black, wear colors, celebrate life. I love colors. Anyone who knows me knows how much I love color. No black at my funeral, take note. 
why am I in the feels for this doll right now? But I'm not the only one. In the service, people are all like sad. I think Margot's crying. Like everyone's feeling the loss of Bianca. After the funeral, Lars is standing over her grave. And Margot comes over to offer her condolences. Dr. Dagmar watches this from a distance with a smile on her face. And she walks away. Lars thanks Margot and asks if she would like to go for a walk. Margot lights up and says yes. Roll credits. My thoughts. Love, love, love this movie. I thought I was going to have some good-hearted laughs with an introspective view of social relationships and mental health. And I did. What I was not prepared for was the crying. More specifically, my crying. There were some parts that got to me, guys. The movie delivered on the promise of every genre, okay? There was comedy. I was definitely laughing. There was drama. There was some tugging on the heartstrings. And there was romance. Kinda. It was beautiful. Let's talk about the trauma that was addressed in this film and how it was unpacked. I like that I wasn't spoon-fed everything through exposition, first off. Lars was carrying around a lot of hurt. He never knew his mother because she died giving birth to him. His father had completely shut down emotionally and wasn't there for him like that. He was just so heartbroken and sad from the death of their mother. He never recovered. And his brother kind of got the heck out of Dodge as soon as possible. So in essence, he felt abandoned by everyone and been lonely his whole life he even had to ask his brother in his while he's in his late 20s how do you know you're a man he didn't have any of that it makes sense he was socially awkward and didn't know how to emotionally invest in people I initially thought that he just wasn't into Margot but I think he always liked Margot but because of the fear of being abandoned the fear and 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 the hurt of someone touching you and not being able to relate, he kept her at bay. He didn't. Res- he wasn't responsive to her because he was responsive to other women in his life. It was just the one that had interest in him that he kept her away. He even told Dr. Dogmar that he dresses in multiple layers to cope with the idea of being touched. Karen's concerns for Lars early on in the movie, I think came from instinct. Like, even though he'd always been socially awkward, she knew there was the difference. She knew something had shifted and changed, that something was wrong. Gus brushed it off, and of course, it turns out that she was right. Because we're always right. A bullshit? A bullshit? A bullshit. At one point, Dr. Dogmar asked um, Lars for Bianca's medical history. Like, what's her background? And he had initially given her the same background as his. Bianca was a stand-in for how he was feeling or how he wanted to feel, how he was perceived or how he wanted to be perceived. Before Bianca came into his life, Lars was very reserved and kept to himself because even the birthday party invite that he received, he probably would not have gone before. But having Bianca gave him the uh, 
what's the word not courage but the uh, safety the you know the safety net to go and venture out even when he had conversations with her or through her with others he was more outgoing than he was before at one point Lars mentions to Gus that Bianca used to be a nurse who is good at helping people I think that this is insight um, into what he's hoping that she can do for him. He wants to be better. He's just not sure how to get there. And no, he does not use the doll for which it was originally created for. Thank goodness. If he did, they did not show her or make it apparent. So let's just keep it clean, people. Get your minds out the gutter. If you think about it, Bianca shows up shortly after Karen gets pregnant. Then basically goes away right before Karen is going to give birth. Lars is distressed by Karen's pregnancy because of what happened to his mother. He was hurting and drifting for a very long time. But this baby news, I believe, was definitely the catalyst that started the whole thing. I also like that the movie took the time to have conversations about mental health through the characters. Like the difference between a delusion and a hallucination. So what's the difference between a delusion and a hallucination? It's false perception versus false belief. They definitely brought the humor, but they were also sensitive and aware of how they broached the subject as well. There are no real antagonists or villains in this movie. No one really ridicules or bullies or gives Lars a hard time about Bianca. At least not to his face. You have a few whispers here and there and a couple of comments for sure. But it was still very minimal. It was quite remarkable to see the majority of the town coming together to embrace Lars and support him. Instead of just writing him off like some town nut job or something. He may not have been able to have the upbringing and loving care of his parents. But he definitely lives in the right town. That's for sure. Gus's character arc was a nice one. His initial reaction is what I suspect would be what most people's reaction would be. When they find out that their loved one is going through something as serious as a delusion to this degree. What do people think? We can't worry about that. But gradually, and with the help of his wife, he is able to support and confront his guilt and, and feelings and reconcile that with Lars. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Okay, you guys know how I feel about this movie. So tell me what are your thoughts? Have you seen this movie? Have you ever even heard of this movie? Let me know in the comments. Let's talk about it. Next week's unconventional film is Her, a love story about a man and his computer. Hey, I said unconventional love stories. I'm going to deliver unconventional love stories if you enjoyed hanging out with me today please hit that like button subscribe ring that notification bell so you can always be up to date on what's going on 
For the access to episodes, exclusive content, perks, and bonuses, check out my Patreon, NXT Global Productions, and become a part of the community. We're also on Spotify, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, and wherever else you listen to your podcast. Links are in the caption. Later! Ha, ha, ha.